Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're interested in more podcasts like this, stay tuned, because it's only going to get bigger and better from here. Before we get into the episode, here's a brief word from our sponsor, Anchor. How's it going, guys? It's your boy. Three weeks without a podcast episode. Back at it with another episode for the first time in mm, three weeks. Um, I don't think it's actually been three weeks, but it's been a while since I've done a podcast. I honestly, the real reason I could say like, oh, I'm burnt out, blah, 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 I've been busy. There just wasn't anything interesting to talk about. There's been like one developing story that's been in the news circulating for the past two, two or three weeks, which you guys probably already know. And it's it's that Trump's Mar-a-Lago home was searched by the FBI. Uh, I I didn't want to have an immediate reaction to it. I didn't want to be like like some of these grifters out here that are talking about this is war, defund the blah blah blah, defund this, defund that. Same people that are like completely disgusted and uh, get outraged when people say defund the police. We're talking about defund this this organization, defund this organization, which there could be some merit to wanting to defund the FBI, like pe- people like uh, Steven Crowder have, have advocated for. There could be some merit there. Uh, you know, is the FBI useful? Knee-jerk reaction is to say no, but I'm sure there are some good things that the FBI does. Anyway, I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, Mar-a-Lago search. It's still a developing story, and there are conflicting reports coming out. There are theories, and I'll, I'll kind of give my opinion and my theories on that in a little bit, but... Yeah, it's been a few few weeks. Like I said, there just wasn't really much to talk about. Um, I've been working, been doing school started up again. Um, started doing audiobook narrations again. Hopefully, trying to land a job with those. Been listening to some new music, some old music. Listening to lots of podcasts. I uh, <laughs> I watched Your Mom's House Live number eight today, and boy was that a trip. I mean, I'm desensitized to any kind of violence or gore but man there were some things that i had to look away for uh anyway yeah let's get into it there are a few things i want to talk about today first thing i wanted to talk about was trump's home was searched by the fbi so trump's home in mar-a-lago which is in florida i believe believe it's in miami um was searched by the fbi i believe so there are some conflicting reports on whether or not you know this was done under FISA, or if there was a uh, an official warrant that was taken to a judge that was granted, blah, blah, blah. I believe there was an actual warrant that got, uh, you know, I should I should be looking this up, but that those small details don't, they're not as important right now. To me, what's most important is what they found and what they confiscated. So there are actually a few cases that Donald Trump has found himself in the middle right now. All of them, the left is hoping will get him and make him ineligible from uh, for running for president. Best case scenario for the left, they put Trump in prison, and therefore he is not he's ineligible to run for president or whatever. I'm sure if you are in jail, you cannot actually run for president, or if you're in prison, I mean. So, the Democrats, the left, people who cheered this on, who talk about like, oh, the president is not immune from being searched, blah, 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 all this bullshit. Oh, the president can't be a criminal, you know, all this bullshit. Um, they better hope that they find something. I know I've seen some some 
factually incorrect reports by grifters like, uh, what's his name, Cenk Uger of the Young Turks saying that uh, Trump took nuclear documents home. Uh, Trump took this, Trump, Trump took, took that. Um, they're trying to nab him on this. He took classified material that he hadn't declassified yet, and that's what we're going to nab him for. It's a serious offense, blah, blah, blah. What I think happened, and what I've heard a lot of people say, is that Trump took, took some uh, classified stuff. He was in the process of getting it de- declassified in courts. Courts were stalling. Courts were going slow. Courts were moving slow like, you know, like like they do. And, yeah, they nabbed him. They nabbed him, and they confiscated those documents, and they confiscated his passports before giving him back to him and denying that they took them. Um, and saying, you know, yeah, these things were improperly stored. Even, uh, you know, yes, the, the documents were taken from a safe, but there are certain, there are certain rules and guidelines you have to follow when storing classified, secret, top secret. These are actually all things that I've learned in, in previous jobs. And, and yeah, there, there are guidelines that you have to follow to store them, to secure them. And there are guidelines and rules you have to follow when destroying it and declassifying it. There's a whole process. There's process for this. And I, I wouldn't put it past Trump, him doing something and feeling like, oh, you know, I'm above the law. I can, I don't have to follow these processes. I'm the former president of the United States. I don't need to follow these processes. Boom. Let's take this shit, whatever it is, UFO shit, January 6th shit, whatever it is. Um, and let's put it in my Mar-a-Lago home. Anyway, if nothing comes up and he didn't actually remove any documents, he wasn't allowed to. I mean, even if he did, this move has completely empowered Trump voters, center-right voters, and even, you know, some independents, like myself. I mean, I, I haven't felt any way towards this, honestly. I don't think there's a grand conspiracy here. I really don't. I'm, I'm going to go out on, in, on a limb and say there is no grand conspiracy here. They are just trying to nab him with this. They can convict him of some kind of felony treason or whatever they're trying to go for and keep him from running for president because they know that there's like a 70 30 percent chance in trump's favor that he will be the next president of the united states unless they're able to nab him on a felony charge and keep him from running for president i really think that's what's happening um yeah unless they actually nab him on this this is a bad move this is a grave mistake for the for the for the left and and yeah it's it's interesting time first time in u.s history that a former president's home was searched and things were seized so as if united states politics couldn't get any more crazy and more divided speaking of united states politics this is a good win for normal human beings for non-war pigs non-war criminals liz cheney took a fat l and lost her position of power within the United States government. So Liz Cheney, she's a U.S. representative for, I believe, let me check, it's Wyoming. Yeah, so she is a representative in Wyoming. And she recently, she was defeated in Wyoming's elections to Harriet Hagman, who I believe is a diehard Trump person. It's like, in nearly all the elections where they actually mattered uh, in big states and swing states, 
the the hardcore Trump MAGA people won. So you had Carrie Lake uh, in Arizona who won her her um, in her race in their race. She said that she wouldn't have certified the 2020 election had she she been in power at the time had she had the opportunity to do so. I believe Harriet Hageman is also someone who's talked about who's repeatedly pushed off the steel because for the most part Trump runs for not for the most part like he Trump is the Republican Party. If you are not a MAGA person, you're most likely not going to win. You are not almost every Trump endorsed candidate won in their elections or they are going to. They're on track to. So this goes to show that Trump still runs the GOP. The GOP understands that without someone like Trump, without his powerful and large voting base, they're probably not going to win. Putting some vanilla candidate out there, putting some boring person, some person that is too much of a meme like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and God forbid Jeb Bush, putting people in like that, it's not going to fly. And the GOP understands that they would, they would lose handily, um, now, to be fair, it would be a pretty pathetic election if it if it was some milk toast, run of the mill, corrupt swamp creature from the right running against whatever swamp creature they end up putting, or or Biden's corpse on the left. Who knows? But Liz Cheney lost, and it's just another nail, one of the final nails in the coffin for the the Dick Cheney, war pig, war criminal, scumbag Republicans that have caused the Republicans to 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 be just losers for a long time. Recently, the Republicans have started to win on uh, identity politic issues. They've gone more away, more from, they've gone farther away from being pro-war to at least silent on the, on the war issues. I know Dick Cheney came out and he, um, he was featured in some ads for Liz Cheney where he was talking shit about Trump. And I'm like, you know, fuck Dick Cheney and fuck Liz Cheney. Um, Liz Cheney is no better than her father. She, you can't blame her for the war criminal war pig stuff that her father was involved in, but you can shit on her for being a grifter, a piece of shit. And when you fail to represent the people in your state and what, uh, your constituents, you lose handily like she did. So Liz Cheney's out of here. Thank God. Let's move on from the Cheneys and hope that they never get put in power again. She might have a spot on The View, though. Who knows? Oh, boy. Next thing I wanted to talk about. So, Joe Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act. The Inflation Reduction Act, let me actually pull it up. So, there were a couple good things in here. Let's see. Let's see. Um, Inflation Reduction Act. There was uh, one really good thing that i liked in here but the good does not outweigh the bad in this in this bill unfortunately so there were two good things on here okay so one of them was something that would uh, let's find it let's find it incentivize domestic production and clean energy blah 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 we've been saying that you've been doing that for a long time um Oh, man. Oh, we're expanding tax credits for energy-efficient vehicles. Interesting. I do not have an electric vehicle, so they've they've cut out the hybrid part. Um, make it in America. Ah, there was something 
some uh, ramping up domestic production of something 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 okay so there's two good things in here targeted tax incentives aimed at manufacturing u.s sourced products such as batteries solar and offshore wind components i also was reading there was something about some chips i think there was some chip chip um, manufacturers that are being, you know, we're trying to ramp up domestic production for that. So that's good. Anything that can get us from being completely dependent on China, especially in the age of electric vehicles, as we're seeing electric vehicles are going to continue to be incentivized. There's going to be tax credits for people who own those tax credits, even for people who have energy efficient homes. And of course, fat tax credits for corporations that produce things produce stuff like that, things that are energy efficient. I think that's a good move that we're moving towards these things because one day, technically, we're not going to run out of oil. Oil will keep getting created by the earth, but it's not going to move at a pace that is going to meet the demand. So eventually, supply is going to diminish and only the absolute rich will have things that are gas-powered. And yeah, so it's good that we're slowly going to start getting off of gas. We can't just uh, off of oil. We can't just do it immediately, but it's a good thing that we're moving towards. Other thing I wanted to see or that I saw was that there is a cap. There's now a cap on insulin. Insulin. Yeah, here we go. So it says the Inflation Reduction Act will protect Medicare recipients from catastrophic drug costs by phasing in a cap for out-of-pocket costs and establishing a $35 cap for a month's supply of insulin. This is huge because I've you've there are some insane I mean, you know, insulin is something that is it is <laughs> it is at this point it's something that like half the population of the United States needs because everybody's fucking fat. Everybody's diabetic. Everybody's pre-diabetic. It's like, if you're not diabetic, you're pre-diabetic. And then you're part of like the 1% or whatever. That's actually healthy in the United States. So this is, this is something that had to happen, especially if you're going to move towards a quote unquote affordable healthcare or even free healthcare or single, single payer healthcare. One of the things that has never been addressed, that has never even been discussed is how expensive free quote-unquote healthcare would be if you have to pay for everybody's fucking insulin if you have to pay for everybody's heart pills their arterial sclerosis pills their triple bypass surgeries all the things that americans need more than in comparison to uh european countries europeans don't drive their cars as much they walk to work they bike to work they take trains they exercise more they're healthier. Less of them are diabetic. Way less of them are obese and overweight. Way less of them need a quadruple and quintuple and triple bypass surgeries. These are things that need to be addressed if we're going to move forward with a single-payer healthcare system. Blah, blah, blah. So those are the two things that are good with this with this act. Um, they don't outweigh the bad, though. Most of, most of the Inflation Reduction Act, quote-unquote, is a bunch of funny money scheme bullshit to bolster the climate change cult. Cutting carbon emissions is good, but it will not reduce inflation, and it's just more corruption, more money to go towards the cult of climate change. These climate change businesses that are in it to make money and pretend to help with climate change. Once again, we can always recycle. We can always 
burn less coal. <laughs> we can always create cleaner, cleaner energy sources. We can reduce carbon emissions, blah, blah, blah. You will never, ever, ever slow down climate change. You will not stop climate, climate change. And you definitely will not reverse climate change. That's not how it works. Like I always harp on, I always go back to this. The human ego is so large and pretends to be in charge. So much, in fact, that it thinks that it can reverse the Earth's natural change of climate, which has happened for millions of years and it will happen for millions of years until the Earth dies. That's just how it is. So calling this the Inflation Reduction Act and then having a, a sliver of the act actually have anything to do with uh, addressing inflation, calling it the Inflation Reduction Act and having it mostly be climate change, funny money, bullshit, uh, you know, that's, that is D.C. for you. That is United States politics for you. That's United States government for you misleading people into thinking the Inflation Reduction Act is actually going to reduce inflation. Whew. Anyway, moving on, there are two two things I wanted to mention. One, Fauci is officially retiring from government in December. Thank God he's probably going to move to uh, fucking Morocco or somewhere that, that doesn't uh, expedite, extradite criminals because he's a criminal and he needs to be charged to the uh, uh, to the fullest extent of the law. Other good bit of news, I hope the rest of the world follows it. I hope Germany follows it uh, in Italy, if I do end up living in Italy. Um, the CDC has basically reversed every major COVID guideline. So they're not recommending social distancing, they're not recommending masks anymore, and they're not recommending tests for kids to go to school. I am glad and happy to see that the CDC is now saying... You don't need to fucking spit on people who aren't vaccinated in the streets. And that might sound hyperbolic, but there are stories of people getting arrested, beat, assaulted, their property damaged um, by normal people and by the police. If you look at that lady in France who tried to go to the mall without a vaccine passport and she got beat by the police. It's nice that the CDC is backpedaling. And I know a lot of people are going like, hindsight is 2020, blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up about hindsight. Most people, including the silent people who wouldn't speak up on podcasts and on the news uh, and on YouTube and on Rumble and, and Twitter and all these places, most people knew that we were going down the wrong track, but they continued to support and parrot you know, the, these government decisions and the CDC decisions and the WHO decisions, and they continued to parrot and make fucking songs about getting vaccinated and songs about Dr. Fauci. They continue to do the th these things knowing deep down that they were wrong. I will never forgive and I will never forget what the CDC, what the WHO, what the United States government, what governments here, my home in Germany did. I will never forget and I hope that nobody forgets what they put everybody through. Kids are fucked up now. They were fucked up before. They always have been in, in some way because society is continue, continuing down the path of degeneracy, continuing to, down the path of, of, you know, no spirituality, no 
religion, no moral guidelines to live on, um, living uh, material. They're being told the culture, you know, values and puts materialism and degeneracy and moral bankruptcy and living life with no limits at the top. And they're creating a society of depressed, self-hating, overly medicated kids. I saw this fucking, speaking of degenerates, I saw this post by a degenerate family member of mine, some scumbag grifter, brainwashed bum who was like, there is no university agenda. You just met a bunch of cultured people with different mindsets from you that kept you from spouting hateful rhetoric or whatever. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've single-handedly experienced friends that have gone into universities and come out hating themselves because they're white, hating themselves because they're males, hating themselves because they're straight, because they're cis or whatever. People are being thrown into this university circuit and they're coming out damaged, permanently damaged because they never learned to, to think independently, have individual thoughts, and they've never been able to stick by their guns and be able to think freely so yeah keep on posting degenerate shit but you're fucking lying to yourself stop acting like kids are going into universities and coming out better they're not for the most part they're not and the ones that are coming out better they're still coming out worse than they should have kids are fucked up they're fucked up worse than they ever have been largely in part because of lockdowns and because of the immoral and evil act of forcing kids to be masked and not being able to see faces and recognize faces and recognize smiles and recognize human emotions. They weren't able to socialize, so they're fucked up even worse. My wife works with kids. You think I'm just pulling this out of my ass? My wife works with kids, and she, is, she has noticed a trend from when she first started working with kids, seeing a couple of them with mental illnesses, to the point to where they all have mental illnesses, even the two or three good ones in each class, they all have mental illnesses that were brought on from the pandemic. These kids don't know how to act around other kids. They fight, they cry, they get aggressive, they're territorial, they're materialistic because of COVID. Kids aside, you look at the the human rights violations that that have been that are still going on in China you look at because of covid you look at the human rights violations that went on in Australia because of covid and not because just because of covid don't blame covid blame the government response blame your governments never forgive never forget you have the countless numbers of lives that were ruined by addiction that was brought on by the pandemic alcoholism that was brought on by the pandemic, you know, that could fall under addiction, obviously. Businesses that were permanently closed and ruined. Small businesses, family businesses that were passed down generation and generation. People who were laid off from jobs that resorted to drugs and petty crime. And the stress and the overwhelming feeling of hopelessness led them to beat their kids, to beat their spouses to overdose on uh, opiates, to get addicted to painkillers, stuff like that. Never forget, never forgive the government for what they did for the past two years. Never forget how uncertain life was for two years straight. For the first month I'll give, I'll give a month, and I feel that's lenient. 
Nobody knew what was going on with COVID. So you could you could justify lockdowns and possibly telling people maybe wear a mask and wash your hands or whatever, which people should already have been doing that. And then all of a sudden people started washing their hands during the pandemic because they're a bunch of disgusting, filthy degenerates, like I said. You can maybe make an exception for the first month. But once we realized that COVID was not what we thought it was, we should have went back to normal. And yes, I'm grateful that it's back to normal now, for the most part. I'm grateful that I can go fly on a plane without having to fucking have a negative test and without having to get a fucking another booster in my arm. I'm glad that I can walk into the grocery store and not have to wear a mask and not have to show a negative test and all that stuff. But never, ever, ever forget what the government did to you. Never forgive them. Always hold them accountable. Vote if you want to. Protest if you want to. Never give the government an inch again because we saw what they did. At first it was slowing the spread. Taking taking a, a few weeks to slow the spread. Then it became a mask mandate. Then it became lockdowns. Then it became a vaccine mandate. Then it became... We're going to incentivize people with money and with food and other materialistic things if they snitch on their neighbor for having two or three too many people over for Thanksgiving. Never forget what they did. Never. I definitely won't. I will never... uh, I'm 22 years old and the scamdemic... COVID-19 and the government response, which, by the way, I am still writing a paper on it, and I am going to publish it one day. The impact of that of the world responses to COVID has really fucked up my perspective on the world, on people, on the government, and nothing has made me want to move to the mountains away from these fucking people more in my entire life. So never forget what they did to us. From 2020 to now. So that's going to end it for this episode. Uh, I hate to end it on a grim note. But I guess I can kind of cheer everybody up. By giving a great recommendation. I have not given a recommendation for a long time. So I actually have two for you. One. Check out the movie Belfast. On HBO Max. It's a great movie. Uh, I, I believe it's one of the. I think it was Kenneth Branagh. Who is who played. uh Gilderoy Lockhart in Harry Potter. I believe it was his directorial, might have been his directorial debut. Either way, this movie put him on a, on the map as an as a director. Uh, it's a movie about you know the tumultuous upbringing of a child uh, in in Northern Ireland in Belfast uh, during the sixties. It's a great film, really artsy, but it was really good. I didn't feel bored the entire movie. I felt very invested in the family. And, you know, I love Ireland. Uh, me and my wife have talked about how, you know, if we end up deciding to retire and we're not in Montana or Washington State, Ireland is probably the place that we're going to retire to. I would love to retire in Ireland, Austria, or Switzerland. Those are the three places that you'll find me uh, in 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 a few decades when I'm, when I'm ready to retire. I'll never actually retire, though. I'm always going to be writing. I'm always going to be podcasting. I'm always going to be trying to publish stuff. But, yeah. Anyway, check out the movie Belfast. The other thing that you should check out is it is the ska album. So uh, it's this is an album by a band called Jer J E R, and it's an album called Bothered Unbothered. It's a great kind of 
indie punk rock ska um, alternative, yeah, punk rock alternative ska album. It's great. Almost every track in the album is is perfect. Uh, yeah, check it out. Ska is not dead. And yeah, check out Jer, Bothered, Unbothered. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. As always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.